G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Tuesday, we like to check in on the latest breaking news headlines as they're coming out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross has been across the detail overnight, joining us once again. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Ron, let's start with the headline about the United Nations Human Rights Council naming a panel to probe Israel and Palestinian abuses. What's the story here? Yeah, the cha- chairperson of the 47-member Human Rights Council appointed Navi Pillay, a former South African judge, to lead a commission of inquiry established at the request of member states of the Organisation of Islamic Cooperation following the 11-day conflict between Israel and the terrorist group Hamas last May. Pillay, who served as a UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, from 2008 to 2014, is currently a judge at the International Court of Justice Tribunal examining allegations of genocide in Myanmar. The Commission's other members include Chris Sadoti of Australia, who served on panels investigating abuses in Myanmar. A Commission of Inquiry is the highest level of scrutiny the Council can authorise. Israel has criticised the panel... Uh, and its creation and accused the Geneva-based Human Rights Council of bias against the Jewish state. So it's like the Israelis are, in some sense here, a little bit cynical about this, Ron. The expectation is that it'll be used to really plot the Palestinian side of the cause. Is that the way you you see it? Well, we saw the situation where President Donald Trump quit the council in 2018 and uh, the U.S. has only returned under Joe Biden, and uh, America plans to seek uh, seek a seat on the council next year. But Trump had no confidence, and I don't think Israel has got any great expectations of anything but uh, a smack in the head from the U.N. again. Let's move on. Following an explosion in Gaza, Palestinians are angry at Hamas for storing weapons in residential areas. How does this one look? Now, we've been talking about this for years, that uh, this is a tactic that was used. Anger at the Hamas terror group that runs the Gaza Strip and other Islamists active in the enclave bubbled over as Palestinian factions and human rights organisations called for the cessation of weapon storage in residential areas. The demand came following a large explosion which rocked the Al-Zawira market area of Gaza City, in which one person was killed and at least 14 wounded, including six children. Initial reports suggested that it might have been a gas leak, but footage has since showed that the detonations of weapons caused the explosion. Hamas said it had launched an investigation into the explosion, although it has not yet provided any details.
Another headline, Ron, where the Middle East is in turmoil with water and energy shortages amid a record heatwave. Of course, it is, uh, I guess, summertime in the Middle East. What's the story here? Well, we're looking at something like that in Japan right now. Amid a record heatwave, water and power shortages have sparked protests and unrest across the Middle East from Iran to Lebanon. Temperatures in a number of countries have topped 50 degrees Celsius, including Iran, which hit 51, and Iraq, which reached 52 this month. In Lebanon, a major power station was to resume operations last Sunday, two days after it ground to a halt due to a lack of fuel at a time of constant power cuts and economic collapse. Zarani in South Lebanon, one of the country's four main power plants, went offline on Friday because the state electricity company was unable to access fuel shipments stuck offshore due to payment delays. Lebanon is mired in what the World Bank has called one of the worst economic crises since the 1850s. Well, Ron, with all the challenges that go on that we talk about each week, there's often some glimmers of light. How about the headline, Israel's first ever commercial flight to Morocco lands in Marrakesh? Give us some insight here. Israel's news site, Mako, reported that Morocco's Ministry of Tourism held a special reception at the airport for the 100 Israeli visitors, including music, dancing and dining. A million Israelis are either Moroccan-born immigrants or their descendants, and have retained an attachment to the country. One passenger said, we're as excited as children. There are people who have only seen Marrakesh in pictures. They added that they're sure a great many Israelis will be flying to Morocco, including those without family connections to the country. Israeli retail magnate Remy Levi, one of the owners of Israel, ushered the passengers into the plane at Ben Gurion Airport. I'm very excited. We've made history, he said. This route will be a success. It's just a matter of time. When you see all these passengers, it warms your heart. And he added, this is just the beginning. And an Olympic story to top things off here, Ron, and an Aussie connection in here as well. But a Jewish choreographer with an Aussie connection is an integral part of the US gymnast Simone Biles' Olympic routine. What's the connection here? And a wonderful story. Simone Biles, of course, she's a legend already. Seven times all-round US national champion, five-time all-around world champion, and five-time Olympic medalist. It's also what makes her return to the Olympic stage this year for one of the most highly anticipated athletic competitions of the tournament. To make her return even more special, Simone tapped a new choreographer for her Olympic floor routine, Jewish dancer and choreographer Sasha Faber. Faber was born to a Soviet Jewish family in a town near Belarus, in 1984. The town also happened to be near Chernobyl. After the 1986 nuclear disaster, and due to the fact that, as Sasha told the Jewish Post, we had to keep it quiet that we were Jewish, the farmers emigrated to Australia. There, Sasha started dancing. Two weeks before his bar mitzvah, he put together a show 
and later started trading in ballroom dance under teacher Mata Khan. By 17, Faber had won the Australian Youth Latin Championship twice, represented Australia at the Latin World Championships, and featured as a dancer at the closing ceremony for the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. He's done the choreography uh, for Simone Biles' routine, her floor routine at this year's Olympics, and uh, it's an Aussie connection and a Jewish one. It is, and uh, anyone who's a GOAT, a greatest of all time, uh, it's good to have that connection in there. Hey, Ron, always so great to get the update on breaking news out of Israel. Thanks so much for scouring the headlines for us once again and for being with us on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.